Welcome to Earth's Mightiest Weirdos. We are back after a week off for Labor Day. We're going to start with the treasonous Colorado resident in the bottom left-hand corner, Mr. Alex Klein from Comics and Cinema Podcast. If you're not watching the live stream, it's because he's wearing a Seattle Seahawks jersey, of all things. Currently, hey, seven to three Seahawks. <laughs> uh, so they're winning? Yes. For nice. Now. Uh, for the record, I, lo- I love a lot of football teams. I love the Seahawks, particularly because of the colors on their costumes and uh, did you just call them costumes <laughs> I, what else are they brian and also this is my 24 is my lucky number and it's marshawn lynch and he won me almost all the way in fantasy a couple years ago so 24 is one of my lucky numbers too so that's nice, nice. Um, almost a couple years ago marshawn lynch hasn't played for at least five or six so it's been yeah, a so that's while. about how long it's been then i guess <laughs> <laughs> i can't believe you called them costumes uh alex if you have a lot of fo- favorite football teams, you have no favorite football teams. That's right. You know a few things about football agents of field podcast. Ryan, welcome to the show. I am so happy to be here. Talk about some great episodes of She-Hulk and uh, cover what was an interesting D23 Expo. I'll say that. Was it interesting? It wasn't interesting from really any aspect, in my opinion. <laughs> It was interesting wow. from how disappointing it was. Put it that way. <laughs> wow. the euphemism for sure. And then in the top right-hand corner, Maya, you had to be here. You penciled this in the second that it was even rumored that Megan <laughs> D. Stallion was going to pop up in She-Hulk. The second we saw it, I reached out. You've been scheduled for this episode ever since. Maya, Megan D. Stallion is in the MCU amazing it's a great time to to be an mcu fan for sure and a hottie fan the name for megan's fan base hotties thank you for clearing Um, that up i did not know that um very very excited welcome to the show maya we are happy to have you ryan talked about the disappointment there um we're gonna start with alex um no other real mcu news to get into we are going to talk about d23 expo before we get into anything else alex before we talk specifically about mcu what did you make of d23 expo is it something you would want to find yourself going to at any point in the near future um no just i i I think the only thing that would ever put me out there for something like that would probably be san diego comic-con but you know even if for i i thought this d23 was great i thought we got a lot of really good stuff and when you even look beyond marvel 2 which we will be talking about tomorrow on comics and cinema but um even even with all of that, all that great stuff, I still have no business. Like I, I don't want to. It's I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> That's fair. I'm a I'm a giant Disney dork. Like I, the parks, all that kind of stuff has a lot of appeal to me. I would love personally to go to D23, but the way that they did their virtual panel queues, people going well in advance, it's a blessing and a curse. They knew for sure they didn't have a chance at getting into the panels, and then at the same time, like. They at least they knew they didn't completely waste their time, but still, like the few amount of people that can go to those panels really would have would give me pause, especially if I'm flying three thousand miles to go. Oh yeah, Maya, would you like to go to D twenty three? I think so. Um, like I'm not as like in tune with the parks, but just knowing like Pixar, Disney announcements, and just kind of seeing all the cool merch, and I think it'll be interesting. But, um. For the Marvel stuff specifically, I would I that couldn't be my only pool because as we saw, it wasn't like a ton of new information. 
Yeah, the uh, what I did like from what I saw from the floor over there, friend of the program, Mark Valentine and Chipping Company, um, on on Instagram and Facebook and everywhere else, you could see the floor, and it looked different than a regular Comic Con, which I actually really liked. It seemed to be bigger booths, a lot less booths, um, stuff like that. You didn't get a lot of the other random people just kind of trying to make a quick buck, which I mean. Usually they're doing at Disney's expense, which is the whole reason they probably weren't there. But Ryan, I know you would love to go to D23. Oh yeah, absolutely. I would I would love to go. I mean, I have plans to try to go to San Diego Comic Con in the next few years when I can afford it after um, you know, things are paid for that need to be paid for next year. But <laughs> um yeah, so I, I'm I would love to go to San Diego Comic Con. I'd love to go to D twenty three. Um I just, you know, I I was disappointed by some of the Marvel stuff. I think we were all, we all set our expectations very high with things that were rumored and what we expected for this year, but I would love to go to D23. It would be unbelievable. Well, we're going to start there, Alex. We, Alex, Alex is better than even I am at this. And I try to be really good at it of being the pump the brakes guy. They didn't (laughs) promise anything. They didn't promise anything, but they really didn't have a real need to be there. Why they could have announced almost everything except for the Max Shackman thing at Comic-Con in July. I don't know why they held on to werewolf by night other than it looks awesome. Ryan doesn't love it, but we'll talk about that here in just a minute. But Alex, you weren't disappointed and it seems like you're the only one of the four of us that wasn't overly disappointed. Yeah. I, th- I mean, it's, it's almost like a culture thing at this point. I know there was a, there was another podcast that was doing like, Oh, they did a whole episode on what do we think is going to be at D23 and what are our percentages of what we think is going to be there? And I just was rolling my eyes. Cause I was like, you're setting yourself up for failure by trying to speculate so much. And we, we always fall into those traps and there's moments where I've been disappointed by things too. But, um, I just knew going into D23, I didn't know it was going to be what it was, but I knew like some of these things people were talking about, like fantastic forecasting news. And we're still two years away from the movie. Uh, I, I knew that that wasn't going to happen. So I wasn't disappointed when we didn't see that. Um, the only thing that really kind of surprised me was I thought there would be some mutant stuff, but even then I was like, you know what? We had that, that thing that came out like, months ago saying that until 2025 it's got to be those actors and it's like makes sense that they wouldn't announce any of that stuff they're just going to focus on the next phase my money is though that this is this is the first time marvel's gone to d23 right or did they go in 2019 they went in 2019 and we got moon knight she hulk miss marvel was all announced there so yeah I, i wonder if maybe there was just a piece of it where they were like hey you know here's a couple more things but we don't really know where we stand on some stuff so like let's just hold off on a few other things. Maybe there's some stuff in behind the scenes that we didn't know about either, but for the things that we did get announced, I mean, we were talking so long about like Thunderbolts, for example, and they gave you almost the whole cast. They give you a good chunk of them. And it's like, that to me was cool. And then the, the werewolf by night stuff was cool. Again, James Gunn said no about the, the holiday stuff. So we didn't get that, but um, yeah, no, I, overall I thought it was cool. I liked it. Good. Well, yeah, like I just, it, it does seem like I, I, I start to think, Hey, maybe they're, pumping the brakes a little bit i think it's the second time i've used that sorry uh but they're they're kind of slowing down on giving us a ton of disney plus content and then i remember daredevil born again is 18 episodes um so it's gonna be a lot going on maya i know you're excited for daredevil born again was there anything else that really was at the top of your list for for stuff that we did see before we kind of break it down you like 
things that I liked that I, they yeah, showed just, us or things that were just they, yeah stuff that they gave us. Um, I know you were a big fan of the Marvels panel, for example, stuff like that. Yeah, it was nice to know kind of the premise of the Marvels, like they're all of the heroes are basically being switched every time they use their powers or something like that. I I don't think we knew that until that panel. So I thought that was really great. Um, and then obviously the Secret Evasion trailer, I really love. So there was definitely stuff that they gave us for sure. But I guess I think we've been conditioned for these ginormous announcements, you know, with San Diego Comic-Con in 2019 and um, D20, the last D23. So I think it's now we have new expectations set. But I was really happy from those two, those two bits that we got. I miss that about about the Marvels, but it makes sense with what we saw in the post credit scene of Miss Marvel as well, that their powers are constantly switching. That's another way that you can get those actresses to really spread their wings. Like the reason we loved Oscar Isaac and Moon Knight so much is he could be three different people like here. They can react in so many different ways with whatever powers they have. That's pretty cool. Brian, how about you? What uh, what really stood out to you before we kind of break them down? And we're going to go to Alex or for Werewolf by Night. Secret Invasion trailer. First time I watched it, I was like, damn, this does not look like what I thought it was going to be. It was slightly disappointed. Granted, I was in the middle of a bar in Boston, so trying to watch that trailer while surrounded by loud people wasn't the greatest idea. Um, but the second time I watched it, I fell in love with it. Um, it's going to be a really, really great show. Super excited. Um, you know, Chloe Bennett, don't say a peep if you're in it. Just saying. Um, <laughs> but Secret Invasion, really, really excited for that. The Marvels, Amon Vellani is incredible. She gave an interview afterwards. Uh, I think it was to Fandango. And they were like, who'd you get to meet? And she was like, I got to meet John Carlos Esposito. I got to meet Harrison Ford. I got to meet John Favreau. I love John Favreau. And it was just so wholesome. And it just made me so happy that this is our Miss Marvel. Yeah, um, we, need to, we need to eat that up while we can. Because in about a year from now, either it's going to get really old or it's just going to wear off. But eventually, because eventually she's going to be that person. You know what yes. I mean? Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Werewolf by Night. So let me let me ask a question before I confirm my disappointment. Is the <laughs> entire movie going to, or the whatever the special, going to be in black and white? Probably. We don't know for sure, but I'm I I would be willing to bet it is. Then I have not zero interest, but it is my least anticipated thing that Marvel Studios they could announce tomorrow that Chloe Bennett is not coming back into Secret Wars as Daisy Johnson or Secret Invasion as Daisy Johnson, and I'll still be anticipating that more than werewolf by night alex werewolf by night you and i are in on it maya are you in on it or are you out on it i'm indifferent it it was neutral like you'll watch it, it. yeah i'll All watch right. it but i'm not excited for it to be honest alex wax poetic yeah, man, I have been waiting all year for this. So that that was the one. If they hadn't have shown something, that then I would have been disappointed with D23. Um, as you all know, I am a huge monster fan. I love all the old Universal monster movies. I love horror. And, and this actually looks like the first actual horror thing. I mean, we got bits and pieces of it in Doctor Strange. But this looks like it's going full on horror. But not only that, it said that it's going to be rounding up monster hunters. And so I think we got a little bit of a preview of Elsa Bloodstone as well. Uh, and so this whole realm of the comic books is both something that I love and something that's purposely foreign to me because in the comics too, when a lot of these characters started coming out like Frankenstein, 
uh, Werewolf by Night wasn't one of them at the time, but like some of those older horror ones, all of that was in black and white. That's why I don't get into it because I don't want to read a black and white comic. But uh, the the point of that being, I think they translated that to this one shot or whatever it is. they're calling it a special presentation. So I think that's why it's in black and white is because they're honoring the original roots of Marvel's horror line of comics, which again was everything, right? They had the mummy, they had Frankenstein, they have Dracula. Uh, and now we're just getting Gail Garcia Bernal as werewolf by night. We get to see some shots of him. It was amazing. Uh, we also got a man thing shot in there. Who's another one of my favorite characters. Elsa Bloodstone's going to be in it. And I'm assuming that means her dad's going to be in it too. He's probably the guy that brought them all together. Um, which there's just, there's so much that this is going to open up for the MCU in terms of things for like blade and, uh, Ebony, the Ebony blade, but the black Knight. uh, just that whole realm of Marvel. I think this is what this is going to crack open. And the fact that Michael Gacchino, uh, is that how I say his name? Michael Gauchino is, uh, Giacchino, Giacchino, the composer for those of you. Yeah. Composer. And he's composing and directing this. So there's just so much about this that I'm sold on. And that trailer was phenomenal. If you guys watched it on your phone and you're like, eh, watch it on a TV. I watched it on my 70 inch and I was blown away. I was like, wow, this looks really good. Humble brag for the 70 inch television. Hey, uh, <laughs> I, gotta do it. I am. I'm in like, I'm not a massive horror film fan as the years go by. And I go to universal horror nights, Alex, I can't believe you're not coming with us in two weeks to horror nights. Um, but there is a Universal Monsters house. Um, I can't believe you're not coming. Uh, but anyway, like I, as as I do more horror filmy stuff, like the more I get into, like I'm all in on this. Like I think the black and white is really cool. Um, the way they have, like it's on old old film reel, and the way it kind of sizzles away with the poster that I just pulled up. Again, you can see like the creases in the poster. Just like it's been folded. Like I just think creatively it's really cool and the the potential of the characters like elsa bloodstone she's gonna be the first vampire hunter in the mcu she's gonna beat blade um there's there's all those those other different people i'm really excited about it uh laura donnelly is the actress playing elsa bloodstone so um, she's really good so go ahead ryan just like i'm i'm just also i think a little bit confused as to what this is it's a special presentation right so it's not a movie it's not it's not like a like a tv show so, like, how does this advance the MCU? Are they going to be, like, in the next Avengers movie? Or is this going to be, like, kind of like a one and done, and then they'll be in Blade, and then we'll never see them again? My money is that this – so this special presentation format, I think, is going to be very similar to the one-shot comics that get put out, where it's just one issue. You don't have to have read anything prior. They usually give you a little background in the beginning. But it, in most of the good one shots, there's usually one thing in the comic that has ramifications for things going forward in main series and other series. So there's probably going to be something that happens in this. And my money is and Kevin just put it in the in the chat for Midnight Suns. Uh, that would make a lot of sense, Kevin, because I, I was going to say my money would be on Blade's going to be in this special because if they're putting Monster Hunters together, then he's probably going to show up, too. And it's going to be something where, you know, there's going to be some problem that happens by the end of it of like, oh, shoot, we need to get a team up going or something. So, again, it's not going to be this whole, you know, there's probably going to be a ton of Easter eggs in it. But at the same time, it's probably only going to be like an hour long, 40 minutes. It's going to be like one episode sort of thing. Ryan, when you hear one shot, you think the Marvel Studios one shots, which were more eight to 14 minute things. I think you think it's going to be 40 minutes, Alex. I was thinking. Oh, 20, yeah, my money's on 40 to an hour. 28 to 45. Bed. Okay. I did less I, than a movie, but longer than a TV episode. 
I do think the special presentation format is going to be something we're going to get used to. I think that's how they're going to market uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special as well. Yep. I do think that we're going to start getting more and more of these special presentations. I think they honestly would be called one shots if they hadn't already used that terminology agree, yeah. uh, earlier before. So um, I do think in the trailer, it's cool. It goes from color straight to black and white. Again, I'm all in on the black and white. I think Giacchino um, is artistic enough that he's going to be able to pull off uh, a lot of stuff. Maya, you said you were indifferent. Is Alex been able to sway you whatsoever? If Blade shows up, are you potentially a lot more in? Yeah, for sure. If it, if there's a connection to Blade, I that would be more exciting. A connection to Blade, a connection to Moon Knight, potentially. I do think that this is going to be, quote-unquote, disconnected from the MCU, similar to the way Moon Knight was, so it won't connect until we know how it connects. Um, I do... I, it, I, I'm with Alex. I think Mahershala Ali is going to be uh, showing up. I uh, an, an establishment of the Midnight Suns would be cool. I don't know. Like I, I don't know what the time period of it is. It looks like it's old-timey and whatever, but that just could be how they film it. It could be taking place in the current-day MCU. They haven't told us we will see the entire thing on October 7th. Uh, so just a month away. So I'm excited about it. Next, we uh, got the Secret Invasion trailer. Maya, you said you're all in on this. We saw Amelia Clark. We saw Olivia Coleman. We saw Ben Mendelsohn, Samuel L. Jackson. We did not see Chloe Bennett. Um, but Maya, Secret Invasion, go ahead. I'm really excited for it. The tone seems way more serious. Um, and it kind of gave me like equalizer vibes a little bit with Samuel Jackson. And you can tell he's going to just be like, this is going to be his series. So honestly, we haven't seen him in such a long time. I'm just really excited to see him again, see what he's been up to. Um, but yeah, first look at Amelia Clark. She looks so different. Um, and I mean, it was cool. They didn't give us much, but they definitely gave us a, an understanding of what the tone is going to be like. Um, and yeah, that's I guess that's all I have to say. Not like a ton, just really excited to finally see Nick Fury in a different look, too. It was far more serious than I thought it was going to be. I was expecting a bit of a buddy buddy comedy between him and Talos, which I mean, I knew it wasn't going to be only that. But I, I I still expect there to be enough jokes between Talos and, and Fury. Uh, but we'll see. Kevin says, did you see the TVA agents? I'm assuming he means in Werewolf by Night. I don't know what you're talking about, Kevin. But Ryan... Chloe Bennett, I mean, you're going to be holding out all the way through the post credit scene of Secret Invasion. It, I mean, it kind of feels written in the cards, but who knows? But if she doesn't show up, are you going to be out on the show altogether? No, I will not. I think it would be a nice thing to have happen. Um, if it doesn't, I'm not going to hate the show. I am really excited for this. It looks like a space version or a I don't know how to word this. I guess a scroll invasion version of Shield. Like that's what it. That's what it seems like. A sh like an episode of Agents of Shield. Um, everyone looks like, for lack of a better term, terrible. Everybody looks like they've been through some stuff. Uh, Nick Fury's got the the gray beard. Um, Talos looks as or Ben Mendelsohn, whoever, whichever form you want to say. He just looks like he's been out on the street for 48 hours and hasn't taken a shower hill looks like she's aged it's uh look it's gonna be they, they're gonna have seen some stuff in this this series that we are not expecting and has definitely aged them quite a bit it does seem like roadie has joined the united states senate of some sort he's at least got some sort of body uh security 
um, for lack of a better term. I really don't know. I'm kind of all in on Rhodes has been a scroll this entire time. I think they're going to turn some characters that we know on their head a little bit. Um, Alex, I know Sharon Carter, you and I both agree that she's probably been a scroll at least for a little while. Um, I said Alex, it would be interesting. I don't. I hope it's not true. But <laughs> it would be interesting if a scroll just came in to kiss Captain America, and that would make that a little more palatable. That's true. Yeah, yeah. But Alex, where do you stand on Secret Invasion? Uh, you know, I th- this was one of my favorite comic runs uh, when I first started collecting comics way back when, and uh, it was a big, dense comic. Like there were so many tie-ins and all this stuff, and they've made clear that they're not trying to go, you know, same for same on this, and that's going to be shorter. The trailer, I, I'm going to watch it again. I haven't watched it a second time. And honestly, it, it didn't do much for me when I was watching it. I was just like, oh, okay, cool. Like, I, I'm i not hyped for it, but I'm going to be glad when it shows up just because, like I said, the history that I have with it. But the one thing that I think I found really interesting and I wish we got more of, I was more hyped for Secret Invasion when those people who were at Comic-Con described the trailer. than Because the, the trailer we saw was what they saw. Because I was like, oh, yep, you know, oh, Nick Fury comes out and says, oh, why, why didn't you call me and all this stuff? And then when I watched in the trailer, I was like, I kind of like people describing it more. So I almost <laughs> want trailers described to me at this point. So I don't even have to watch and getting even less spoiled. But uh, yeah, so I, I hope there's some cool stuff. I hope we get some twists. But beyond that, I, I, my guess, my money, Olivia Coleman is a scrawl. Uh, it, it, even in the name, too. I think someone put her name was uh, Fallsworth or something like that, which basically is false. So. Um, that's my money is that she's the scroll. Yeah, I, I I think that's a safe bet. I mean, could could I mean even director Hayward potentially have been a scroll? Like how 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 gutsy is the MCU gonna be of how long have the scrolls actually been around? I think that's what's gonna be interesting. I don't think any of the main six Avengers are going to have been a scroll, but I think somebody like Rhodey, you could potentially pull it off. Um I mean, yeah, I, I, I really there, I, have no idea. I wouldn't be surprised if there's like an instance too where someone is like has impersonated someone. So like someone that we know probably have, they can't just make them like a singular scroll because that would just throw everything off. But like maybe been on another planet, another whatever, and have been like acting like this person too and building rapport in a whole new ecosystem, I guess. That could similar also what, be it. Yeah, so similar to what they did with with Talos in Spider Man Far From Home. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, I was gonna admire I was literally just thinking that about um of Fury and Hill, just because I was thinking how interesting we I don't think we've fully thought of like they both were gone for five years because they both got snapped away. So there's a really interesting dynamic to this show that I think they'll show of them like where have we been? Like we are behind the eight ball. We've been gone for five years to find out like, Nick, you've been here the whole time. Like someone's been impersonating you this whole time or someone's been impersonating Maria and they got to figure it out. Like that, that whole idea of them just being gone for five years. I know Fury is mad about that because like that's five years of information that he doesn't have. And so I think mm-hmm. that that's going to be a really big piece of the show. Or didn't they say it takes place during, well, it can't take place during cause they were gone. So never mind. Yeah, I think it takes place right after, but it is not it, it is included in phase five. It is not included in phase four. So kind of phase four is taking place kind of all at the same time. It is saying they did say it's kicking off phase five because Wakanda Forever is closing out phase four. Um, so it's gonna be interesting. Who knows where they're gonna be able to to take it up? They did officially confirm Matt Shackman, director of WandaVision, is now directing the Fantastic Four. Um, he was in the audience, they didn't bring him on stage. It really felt like um, and it was our friend David who said. It feels like a Captain America Serpent Society kind of thing that they're 
they're going to say no more on that and then come back and bring Shackman on stage with the four actors. I was in full belief that was going to happen, not what happened. Um, the other thing they gave us, which was cool, I really like this. They gave us at least the characters that we've met before of who is in the Thunderbolts. So Yelena right up front with Bucky, uh, John Walker from Falcon Winter Soldier, and then we got a Black Widow 2 movie basically going on with the Red Guardian and Taskmaster with Valentina, Allegra Valentina, or I can't remember her name anymore, but Val, um, and Ghost um, from Ant-Man and the Wasp. So that's who we've met before. There's probably going to be more characters, um, almost certainly. Uh, is there a Red Hulk? Potentially. There could be a bunch of different people that we don't know yet. Um, I think Blonsky has a good chance at showing up. Zemo was surprisingly the one not there that I would have expected to see. So so they, someone reported on it that Zemo will be on this movie. He will not be part of the team, though. So maybe he's doing something that they have to, like maybe Zemo goes full villain again. Yeah, well, he's in the or he's just Hannibal so. Lecter in his cell, and they go to talk to him because yeah. he's in prison right That's now. Like, yeah, yeah, That's he's he's in Wakanda, right? Like, or maybe he's on the raft. Is he not in Wakanda? No. Well, did they took it. He said like they were, t- were taking him to the raft or something like that. They went to take him to the. At least uh, that's what I remember. It to be. I don't rewatch Falcon and Winter Soldier enough to remember. Um. But yeah, like if he is in Wakanda, like do we spend time in Wakanda forever breaking him out somehow? Like I really, he, I mean, Wakanda's going to flood at some point. Like could he escape at that point? Um, but I, I, I think you're right, Alex. I don't, I can't remember. But again, I don't watch Falcon and Winter Soldier enough. Um, but that's kind of where we stand. Anything else that st- stood out to anybody before we move on talking to She-Hulk? Uh, oh, yes. Um, uh, Captain America World or- New World Order, yes. the leader is going to be in it. That was really interesting and I think is another feint for them to be like, he's officially in that movie, but he's going to be in She-Hulk too. My money still is on- in She-Hulk, but um, I thought that was a great announcement. I was like really impressed that they went that far to, to say that. Alex, can you remind the viewers who the leader is and where we've seen the leader before? Uh, yeah, all the way back in Incredible Hulk. That was Tim Blake Nelson. Uh, there, he's he's the one who was helping Bruce, and he what does he do? He just like he basically gets a cut on his head. The Emil comes and forces him to give him the serum of Hulk's blood, and during that kerfuffle, he falls, gets hurt, and some of the blood gets in him, and so his head starts growing, and then that's the last we see of him. Okay, so do you think that? Uh, leading right into She-Hulk, do you think that's who this uh, wrecking crew is working for? I bet that, yeah. All right. Maya, anything else from D23 or Thunderbolt specifically? I'm excited that uh, Red Guardian's coming back. I love him. I think him and Yelena are going to have a lot to talk about. Yeah, I was really surprised at Taskmaster. Not gonna be, no, I think we no. all kind of were. But I'm actually excited because I felt like she was such an NPC villain and uh, Black <laughs> Widow. I know it's more like a secondary villain. So, like, finally being able to see her personality, if she has one, I don't know, out, outside of mind-controlled state, um, I'm really excited to see that. So, I'm, I, never, I never even considered Taskmaster, like, being on the table for that role. That that one really caught me off guard. Everybody else, I'm like, yep, not a surprise. But that one, mm-hmm. that one was pretty interesting. Ryan, what about Thunderbolts for you? Um, I'm excited for it. I, I wa- I'm more interested in who we haven't met yet than who we have other with like the exception of the three members from Black Widow, um, Red Guardian, Taskmaster, and Yelena, obviously. 
Um, I, I think there could be a lot of really interesting candidates that we haven't met yet that are on the table. Um, you know, Deadpool, Ghost Rider, people along those lines. So, is Ghost very- Rider Midnight Suns, Alex? I believe so. Yeah, Moon Moon Knight would be a fun addition Moon to that Knight. team. Yeah, my my biggest disappointment from D twenty three is was no official announcement on season two of Moon Knight. That's a good point. I forgot about that. Yeah. So, but we'll close the book on D twenty three. If you want to hear more about D twenty three, castings of Ezra Bridger, for example, potentially Alex is going to be joined with any anybody joining you tomorrow night. Alex? Kevin's coming. Kevin. Kevin Perfect. will be there. Kevin will be on with Alex tomorrow night. Comics and Cinema, eight o'clock Eastern, here on the Nerd Life Network, talking about everything D twenty three, not just the MCU. But let's get into talking about She Hulk um alex where do you stand on she hulk after we're four episodes in yep uh, this is my moment where publicly i need to eat crow in front of all of you great people i uh this last episode of she hulk i was like you know what i i'm fine with this being my least favorite mcu show and i wasn't a huge fan of the episode upon my first watch but then i, I watched it a second time and i actually really liked that last episode so there's there's pieces and bits of this series that i'm not a fan of uh, but there's a lot of it that I am a fan of, and it, there's a good chance it'll. I don't know. We've still got five episodes left, so we've got plenty of time. Um, but right now, it is still at the bottom. But even the bottom right now, I've got it sitting like I still really like the show. I think it's awesome. So um, that's kind of where I'm at. And the leader's still potentially coming. Maya, if Megan the Stallion had not shown up, where does She Hulk rate for you? I don't know where it ranks. I'm really enjoying She-Hulk. I have no idea where it's going. Um, And I'm okay with that. It's very comical, but it doesn't really feel like it's moving anything forward. And I guess we'll talk about it a little bit. But I really enjoy it. Like, I I am actually, like, going to be, like, I've been like a day late just because I've been moving and everything, but I'm going to start watching it at midnight. Um, But it's hard for me to like, I I know I'm not giving a good enough answer, but I'm like, I'm really enjoying it. But for my expectations for other Marvel series, it does feel like to be, it's very different. So I'm still figuring that out. Let me just say that. I feel like when Daredevil shows up, we'll finally accelerate ourselves a little bit from a, from a storyline standpoint. That's, for me, that's where I'm at is we're waiting for this guy to show up. Um, not that she's not been great because she's been fantastic, but the show is very episodic compared to really anything else we've gotten as a TV show from with the exception of WandaVision, which was the whole point being episodic, but it was still very different. Um, Ryan, how about you? I know you you love this show. Yeah, I'm I'm all in on this show. I love everything about it so far. Um, gotta say a polarizing opinion that i don't think everyone's gonna agree with madison overhyped i'm there with you buddy me i agree (laughs) i guess it's just me from here on out uh if we're gonna bash madison like i didn't know that nobody else liked her that kind of bums me out i don't hate her i just think that it's a bit overplayed um other, other than that love everything about the show one small nitpick i have Again, like I said, I was in Boston this weekend, uh, past a bar called The Fourth Wall. They go to the bar in every episode. That is a perfect opportunity to just have shot in Boston and have the bar called be called The Fourth Wall. Yeah, except <laughs> we'd have to then cast the – like have Boston in the MCU. LA is far more interesting. Mm. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into it. So Dennis, 
thinks he's dating Megan D. Stallion um, when Jen literally can't keep it together. Um, she's just laughing at him, and Pug takes on the case. But Dennis can't pull Megan D. Stallion. Uh, but while she's talking to uh, Dennis and everybody else about that, um, Wong enters the room. Uh, we get a, another talking about the fourth wall, Ryan. She says this isn't one of those shows, the cameo every single week. Well, it's probably exactly what this show is going to be. Um, I, she's hilarious. Like Tatiana Maslany has nailed this role to this point. I'm very excited to see where she pops up next. Um, are we going to spend more time in the courtroom in the MCU? And that's where she kind of fits in. I would assume she's very capable. She can beat the crap out of just about anybody. So I would assume she's going to join some team at some point. Um, but when Wong says, I'm not erasing everyone's memories, not again. Like, I don't know how they remember Spider-Man. Like, I just, I don't understand how they're going to weave the whole Spider-Man memory thing in and out of the MCU. Because even in Multiverse of Madness, Strange says something about having something to do with Spider-Man. So they know there is some sort of involvement, but not really. But anyway, Alex, am I overthinking this here? What did you make of Wong joining the show? Yeah, no, I, I felt the same way as you. I almost feel bad for Tatiana Maslany just because she is doing such a good job. And and again, that first viewing of the, the next episode we'll talk about, she makes the exact same call out in that one to the fourth wall saying, ah, I bet you were looking for Wong. And I'm just like, man, I feel so bad that she's putting her heart and soul into the show and at the same time knows that... A lot of people would rather just see Wong or see Daredevil and she's still killing it. So no, but I was really glad to see him. And I, I think again, my, my whole thing with that whole mind thing is no one knows who Peter Parker is. That's it. Everything else is the exact same. So they, they have vague memories that they helped Spider-Man at one point in time, but they don't think about it too much sort of thing. Like you cannot get into the mind stuff too much. Otherwise, I mean, Daredevil's had that a couple times too. He had everyone's mind wiped forgetting that he was Daredevil when that found out. I will point out as well, too, don't get your hopes up with Daredevil. And I'm just saying that because I like you guys. I, I watched that mid-season trailer, and it almost looks like they're turning Daredevil into another date that Jen's going to have, which I love. I love that idea because she deserves another lawyer to like be with. But I just, I'm hoping for some cool stuff with it. But I, I wonder if they're going to turn that into a gag, too, because it feels like nothing's off the table at this point. I don't, yeah, like... It's the old costume, the yellow and, and whatever. Like, I don't know how much Daredevil we're going to get. We're already halfway through the show, to your point. And this is not a Daredevil show. Again, he's another lawyer. So, I mean, there's something that would make sense there. And he's blind, too. That's the other piece that it seemed like. It's like, ah, oh, the perfect partner for her because he doesn't care what she looks like. Mm -hmm. oh, I didn't think about it that way. It was he's like a, a fantastic really for the thing type Yeah, thing. yeah, exactly. He's a really good lawyer. Uh, Maya, you like Wong. So you were excited to see him, but you specifically wanted to make sure we called out the news reports right after the main credits where the MCU commenters were pulled in from the real world. They just took screenshots of actual comments. What stood out to you here, Maya? I just loved it. Obviously, Nerdy Goes After Dark, we did a whole MCU episode. So this was obviously type of mind. And then being very active on TikTok, I see this type of stuff all the time. So I just... The fact that there are actual comments from like the She-Hulk announcement post on Instagram, I believe, um, and using inspiration from real life and how these trolls are just like, just wreaking havoc on something that is just so, she's just living her life. And it's like, it's, I love the different perspective because we're thinking, you know, we have no privy to how they choose projects and whatever, but we literally see Jen just living her life 
come across these powers and then immediately she has haters. So it makes it all feel very trivial and very like, okay, people were so insane for having this opinion. So I really liked it. And I just love how the MCU is embracing it and not being like, oh, we have a lot of people from our fan base that hates this and we're gonna try to shy away from it. But like actually now calling them out is something that I appreciated. So definitely wanted to highlight that. Speaking of calling out those kinds of people, did you see what happened with the boys fans, uh, the boys on Amazon, people talking about uh, Starlight's character? They're coming after her for being too woke and whatever. And the boys like producers came out and said, you guys are missing the entire point of this entire character. <laughs> and they explained it in their entire uh, colorful language, shall we say, the way the boys can only do it. But it's it's hilarious that like people are playing into their hands for exactly what they want them to do. The it, one woke uh, character on the show of right. 15 different main characters. Well, and that's, yeah, like one female that actually has a voice. That's hilarious. Yeah, you got to look into it. It's it's funny, man. Like the, the way think, the producers had to come out and say that it was funny. And I just awesome. want to mention, too, while we're on the topic, I've seen a lot. Just a general um, critique is like, oh, Marvel's making like the same power sets, but like of male characters and just making them female. But I saw this TikToker did a really good like explanation where there's so many different versions of the same male characters. So it's like, of, it's, of course, there's, you know, pushback about that rather than, you know, it being a, there's pushback around them being female characters rather than male characters. Hawkeye and uh, Green Arrow, literally same characters. There's so many, like he had so many good comparisons. Yeah. So I think that's a good thing to remember, like, for us to realize. Um, so, yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, Ryan, I didn't give you a chance to talk about Wong or the MCU. Ryan, do you have anything before we move on to Blonsky? Um, yeah. I just think that, like you said, I, I think that she, uh, this is going to be a show where we get a cameo pretty much every week. Um, and then the last couple episodes will probably be longer with some recurring cameos that we saw from the beginning. Um, and good for the MCU for firing back at the MCU haters. Um, literally, you gave them fuel to power their show. So you think you're winning, but in the end, Marvel's still winning. And the power of the female characters is still winning over the trolls. So good for Marvel for firing back and using the literal ammo they handed them to produce their <laughs> show. When Kevin Feige described this show at Disney Investor Day in December of 2020, um, he said she's six foot seven in green and she's in superhuman law. You never know who's going to show up. So, I mean, it, I mean, it set the cameo establishment right then and there. Um, Alex, let's stick, let's stick with Blonsky, kind of talk about his whole storyline in this episode before we move on to talking about Megan D. Stallion and prolonging Maya's agony for just a little bit longer. Um, Emil Blonsky. He can turn into the abomination whenever he wanted to. Wong's entire thing is, hey, he wanted to go back. Like, I gave him the option to leave. He wanted to go back and be this, this good citizen, but I forced him against his will. I mean, kind of works. It kind of doesn't, but, like, that's, I, that's the whole point. But what did you make of Blonsky and how good Tim Roth is in this show? Yeah, I thought he, he was awesome. I loved, uh, you know, the seven soulmates all showed up to the hearing, which was nice. I'm glad they're supporting him. Um, I also enjoyed, too, this was something that, that hit me in the, the last episode, too, of, like, there's always a little bit of law in all these episodes. Like, yeah, we're getting our MC, we're getting our cameos, but I feel like each episode has a moment where she's either in a courtroom 
or she's having to defend something. And so it was great to see in this one, her kind of using those, ah, uh, yes, but he, she, he also was doing this. And it was like, nice, get those arguments in. So I thought that was all great. I love that he just turned into the abomination. So that was a great sort of setup for later that, you know, he's going to be wearing this thing and you know that Val's going to have a touchdown Broncos. Nice. Congratulations, Brian. <laughs> right, Alex, go ahead. No, I'm uh, just going to say that they, uh, I, I just think it's cool what they're doing with him. They're basically making him, they're reinventing his character, but making it make sense with the trajectory. So like to me, that makes me very excited to see whatever happens with the leader or any other of those older MCU characters that they're kind of bringing back into present day to have these compelling stories that still kind of keep you hanging on. But yeah, he's totally, you know, he's going to be living his best life on the farm, but then the minute Wong or any, like, you know, Wong probably showed up and was just like, Hey, do you want to come do a quick fight? I guarantee you I can have you back in 30 minutes. And he was like, Oh heck yeah. Yeah. I need to stretch my legs. And then of course Wong just covered for him. Like no one would believe that. Like, Oh, you forced him to get out of yourself. Okay, buddy. Okay. But you know, they're, they're just uh, what a panel of guys like that. There's no way they would know otherwise. Laugh out loud. Funny when the abomination is holding a little pair of Crocs in his hands. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, what or did the you make comment about the toilet kombucha. Oh my God. Yeah, that's right. We had toilet wine, and now we have toilet kombucha. <laughs> toilet kombucha. <laughs> all his, all his character witnesses too. The the guard, like he got me out of a bad marriage. Like so, <laughs> it was awesome. Like there's no mind control involved. Like he's kind of a, he's going to be a jerk at points, but he's a good guy. I like that. Mm -hmm. Alex, you said he was going to be on the farm, but he said it was a meditation retreat. Yeah, it's definitely like some commune farm of like I don't know eighty acres in the middle of Wyoming or something. <laughs> with his with his prison pen pal girls. Yep, yep. When when Jen walks out of the prison, like, are you one of his prison pen pal girls? Oh, you're pregnant with his baby. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty funny, Ryan. How about you and Blonsky? What did you make of him? Uh, liked him a lot better than I remembered him from The Incredible Hulk, given I haven't seen that movie since 2015, probably when I watched the entire MCU. Ryan, I know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Have you seen Pulp Fiction? Yes, actually. Fascinating. Uh, Ryan, he's awesome in Pulp Fiction. Don't remember him in Pulp Fiction because I saw that movie also in 2015. So anyway, Go ahead. Tim Roth. Tim Roth is great. I really, he's very, very comedic. Um, love the haikus. Love the toilet kombucha. Uh and uh, he's a free man. Well, on probation, but free man. And he can't transform into the abomination. That was the rule. Maya, how about the abomination? And then we will let you talk about Dennis and his delusional dating history. I think, I mean, I, everyone kind of talked about, like, the things we like. So I, I can't, I have nothing else to add about um, the abomination. It is cool to just, the comical scenes um, were great. Um, in terms of Dennis... It's just funny because I feel like everyone has worked with a dentist type of person. So I just think it's just so funny that they kind of, and Marvel does such a good job of bringing people you absolutely hate and can't stand into a series. I feel like Dennis is that for She-Hulk for me. Um, but I think it's funny. Um, I think in general, it's interesting through this show, shows how like outdated like American systems are like, Legal system, she's just willy-nilly turning into, sorry, I'm kind of moved on to like the Asgardian girl who like basically catfished him. Runa. Like could be, Runa could be a judge. You can like 
I'm like, there's no security. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, Jen's talking about NDAs and stuff. I'm like, how can, how has we been like 10 plus years into this and there's no like, it's the same legal system that us in a non-superhero world abide by. I, I don't know. I can't, I can't help but feel that way with the whole dinner situation. What, but you, just want, you want to be just guided by the book of Vashanti or like, what do we want? Well, no, it just like you, the fact <laughs> that there is no super people on the police or like the oh, bailiff at the courtroom or things like that. Like, honestly, some of the aspects that the boys cover really well, if this were actually like real life, that's what I just thought of. But Dennis is perfectly annoying for his role. You, so you don't think that the Sokovia Accords, with, which lasted for all of three movies, was good enough? No, it didn't do anything. And it's like superheroes exist not just on a national security level or a global security. Like it's a like the local, I guess, world. Like where are they? Why can it? Why is a police officer? He's like call security when a whole superhuman is infiltrated your your uh like law office things like that i know, I know i'm getting yeah. into it but but it's i just, love just, i love <laughs> pug too because you said we've all worked with the dentist we've all worked with a pug too like pugs just he's such a nice guy has nothing bad to say about anybody and even he cannot stand dennis cannot right. stand dennis and i mean that's that's super funny but when jen the way tatiana maslani acts when she's on the stand saying Dennis is absolutely delusional enough that he thinks he could pull off Megan Thee Stallion. So funny the way, like, and Pug just like, she's your best witness. Trust me, she's your <laughs> best witness. And she just like smiles at him. And then Maya, we pan to the audience in the courtroom and Megan Thee Stallion is there. And the response is, there's only one Megan Thee Stallion. Maya, did you even stay seated? Did you scream? What happened? I literally screamed... Because at first I thought that little grainy clip that they had, that was all that we're going to get of her when they showed uh, Runa like turning into her. But I was obsessed. And the outfit, the pink suit, just everything. So anything after that was bonus. So I love that scene. And just seeing her in the flesh. We'll talk about anything after that. But when Dennis says that he, and I quote, is a New York 10 and LA 11, I laughed out loud. Because it's Al always switch. LA, you're, LA is so harsh and so superficial on looks that it should be like, no, you're an LA 2 and a New York <laughs> 6. But yeah, He's a 10, but he lives in LA. <laughs> Alex, what did you make of Dennis and everything with Megan Thee Stallion? Again, this kind of adds to the episodic nature of this show. Doesn't seem like it's going to have a ton of consequences outside of it. Yeah, the uh, the whole courtroom bit. The one thing I found kind of funny, too, is like, OK, so how did this elf just magically get up onto the like Maya was saying, like, oh, suddenly she's there per ah, your guilt. And I was like, what? And then literally the next scene is the the hearing lady going like, you know, we're sending you to jail for what you just did. And it's like. So there's no hearing for it either. I mean, the justice system's clearly broken, but like she should be get her day in court, even though I agree with this. Um, but no, all of that was just uh, beyond ridiculous. And uh, so I was kind of like on the edge of, okay, but then Megan showed up and I was like, okay. And so, yeah, I, I loved seeing her. Um, she was absolute fire in that, that pink, uh, pink suit. Uh, and more excited to talk about, you know, as a little more, I guess, about her. But yeah, no, I, the whole bit was funny though. Oh yeah, I spent one hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars on like, bro, you, you, we got to talk to this guy about his financial situation and all of that. But kudos to Jen for being willing to help him, even though 
um, he didn't deserve it. Well, Ryan, we're getting a glimpse into how new Asgard has implemented its ways into our lives. We have a, somebody, uh, who is it? She, a King's daughter. She has, she has immunity, uh, basically uh, diplomatic immunity in New Asgard, but we're not in New Asgard. Uh, and we also learned that Thor's speeches are not admissible in the court of law. Um, that was interesting. But we're also learning that Asgardian construction workers have very powerful weapons. Ryan, she gets attacked by the Wrecking Crew. Um, before we go to Alex on who the Wrecking Crew is, Ryan, is there anything that stood out to you when She-Hulk got attacked? Um, just a quote, get wrecked. That's what they got. They got wrecked by She-Hulk. Um, I love they, when they get back in the van. The guy's like, that did not go how I wanted it to at all. Tries to stab her. Does not yeah. pierce her skin. Um, they seem like they are the pawns for a larger entity, whether it's Titania, the leader, someone we haven't met yet. Um, they were kind of useless. They just have cool weapons, a magical crowbar, a magical construction worker hat. Would you rob an Asgardian construction worker? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alex, who is the wrecking crew? Um, they're almost exactly as they were just described. Same thing. They've got, you know, power Im imbued. I, I feel like it was from the Enchantress, but um, it, it definitely was something Asgardian related. I do remember fighting them quite a bit in uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance in the video games. But <laughs> but they're exactly like that. You know, the the ones got the and I was half like, oh, is that is that Creel? But that's a different, like a different guy with a ball and chain. So you got the ball and chain, you got the crowbar, uh, and they sort of looked like them. But yeah, I was, I was actually laughing pretty hard at that because I was just like, she just totally demolished them in like half a minute, and it was, and it's even funnier in the next episode when her dad's trying to be like, oh yeah, we need to protect you. It's like no, <laughs> like she took care of it, no problem. But they did, they did drop a very interesting little tidbit with them trying to stab her with the shot, and it didn't work. Um, so clearly someone is trying to get Jen's blood. Yes. It I would only it make crazy. sense. I thought it was crazy too. Like after they try to like attack her, like they're in the car. They don't even drive off. They're debriefing in the car. She Hulk is literally behind them. I just wish she like, like destroyed the car <laughs> or something like do something. You're going to let them just go away. But I her moment it. of realization when she's like, oh yeah, I'm a Hulk. I can fix this. I thought that was pretty. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, they but they just kind of sit in the parking lot. You'd think they'd at least drive away. But Maya, we got the twerk heard around the world. How many times have you sent that gift to people in the ten days since that episode came out? A lot, a lot. And then it was like I have so many friends who I I'm using that to get them to watch or their entrance into the MCU. Largely, I'm like Magnus towards <laughs> an MCU. You just got to figure out where where it is. Like make them watch everything but no it was it was epic i know anthony like mentioned he's like she doesn't twerk what's the point and i'm like well she's really funny like because i didn't want her to think like that's the only value she provides but it was epic it was epic everything i wanted it and i think i might be her for halloween with that pink suit but honestly i was a little disappointed and she hooks twerking just because they had her in that steve harvey suit and i'm just like you couldn't it didn't give the effect that it could have but it's okay <laughs> but I loved it in general. She's her lawyer now. I'm sure there would be opportunities for her to pop back up because in Meg's Instagram post, she said, like, I just hope they have me back. So I'm like, they can throw a cameo here and there. That'd be great. 
maybe yeah like most of the time we've seen the the superhumans as the plaintiff we haven't seen them be like for lack of a better term the incredibles where mr incredible saves the guy jumping to his death and he didn't want to be saved so like how how is she going to defend superheroes in that particular instance too like i would assume we're going to deal with them being on the defense side as well um Mm -hmm. but i don't know ryan the twerk heard around the world as i have deemed it you're fine with it (laughs) <laughs> Ryan stuck his tongue out for those of you on an audio only feed. Wait, you're you're muted, Ryan. I think. Wait, can y'all hear him? Mm, no, I, I was muted. I was <laughs> muted. So yes, uh, I did the noise too, but I'm not gonna do it again. <laughs> I'm all here with it. I uh, I enjoy it. I am definitely um, interested. And what more we can get from from these two characters? It if sounds like Ryan, character. Ryan would have swiped right for She Hulk's profile. That I will neither confirm nor deny these facts. <laughs> Alex, moving on to episode four, we have Donnie Blaze. He's either the world's best magician or the world's worst sorcerer. You said the first time you saw episode four, you really didn't care. You rewatched it. You liked it a lot better. Is it because Donnie Blaze got better, or because Madison got better? Yeah, honestly, all of it got better because when I was watching it the first time, like I hated Donnie Blaze and it was because I was like, why do I have to like, why did I tune in to watch this show about a guy who can't do magic? He's turning like a white rose into a red rose and and her being like, like, and I was so annoyed when she was like, these roses don't smell like anything. And I was just like, oh my goodness. But then watching it a second time, like I got the joke of like, this is just a terrible magician and like, it's actually kind of funny how bad he is. And so I was, I just had, like I said, I'm really needing to appreciate the show in a different light and kind of to what my was pointing, pointing out earlier of like, this is just not your typical MCU show. And we keep saying about about every show. And so all credit to Marvel for continuously kind of shifting the scales on all of this stuff. But yeah, this is like your classic, you know, weekly comedy, which I never used to. I don't, I usually just watch those as DVDs where I would watch them all at once versus tuning in every week. Cause it's very disappointing to be like, Oh, 20 minutes. And all we saw was a bad magician, another <laughs> gif person that Marvel has introduced that everyone gets obsessed over for the week. And she even calls that out too, where she's like, ah, with Wong, you know, we got, twitter armor and so there was just like there was a lot that made me cringe the first time i watched it but i warmed up to a lot of it after the second time the fact that danny blazes or donnie blazes lawyer was also a bad magician was was hilarious <laughs> yeah again like the first time i was watching and i was just like but they're just they're making a mockery of the courtroom and then the second time i was just like this is actually hilarious that they're all doing their little things and whatnot was that was great a massive uh, shout out. I know he cares. I know he's watching to the actor Leon Lamar, who was Donnie Blaze's assistant. He was 102 when they filmed this. He's 104 now, and he moves like he's 70. Like that dude is impressive. So congratulations to him. Um, he, was, he was hilarious. Yeah, he was. When when uh, when Jen hands them the cease and desist. And he goes, what's cease and desist? And he, she goes, it's t- sticking out of your shirt. And he just goes, no, it's not. Just tucks it in. <laughs> so that was that was hilarious. Maya, what did you make of Donnie Blaze? I, I'm, I'm in the same boat as Alex. I wouldn't even say that I'm still like on board. It definitely gave like comedic relief. But it's just crazy to see how selective Kamertage was when Dr. Strange came up and like his whole journey. And then the fact 100%. that this clown was able to like Why? be in there for a week. 
I'm like, what? And they let him keep the sling ring? Right, exactly. I'm like, okay, it was kind of like, okay, man, this is not as selective. They let him keep the sling ring? I thought he said Jimmy he stole Who has a case to be in Camertage at this point? Yeah. So I thought he said they, he stole I, the sling ring. Oh, he stole Either it? Either way. Okay, how do you steal something from Camertage? Right. Yeah, no, like, exactly. Absolutely. absolutely. I wanted so to pay off. It was like a catch-off or you know, different characters. But I mean, I like I said, he was funny. But do I need to see him again? No. I wanted a payoff from Multiverse of Madness of uh, Wong stealing the sling ring back and, and Donnie Blaze being like, he stole my slingy. I just... <laughs> uh, spoiler alert, nothing from that film will ever be paid off. Um, so um, hopefully you're all caught up on The Sopranos. Because they clearly do not care about those of you that have not watched The Sopranos. Never seen um, it. It has been 15 years since the finale for The Sopranos aired, so I feel like it is fair deal. Like you're allowed to say Goose died in Top Gun. Uh, like there's certain things that have outlived Wait, Goose the story. Died. Yeah, well. Um, but anyway, like I can see somebody getting mad that was binging Sopranos for the first time and then it got ruined for them. Uh, but Wong comes to Jen and. Uh, they're not the they're not ruled by the laws of the Book of Ashanti, the Book of American Laws, as Jen puts it. Um, but Kamartage really did open themselves up for a lot of other things. I don't think that that's going to matter. But they call in their best witness, and her name is Madison King, and she hates drama. She has one Y, two N's, but the Y is not where you think. It didn't work for any of you, huh? That that line specifically worked, but just her as a character, just and yeah. the post. I guess uh, I guess maybe I'm more in her, on her than I thought because the the tag at the end was funny too. But I think the tag was improv if I'm if I remember it, right. It was. Cat Corio said that that was never scripted. That they just started talking to each other about different alcoholic drinks and they just went for it. That was pretty funny. Maya, it didn't work for you. I feel like she would fit really well within the Engad universe. Absolutely not. She's so annoying. Like, was right. What you trying to say? <laughs> Like, I she mean, like, they gave her a poster and everything. I'm like, oh, we're probably going to see her again. I mean, it was funny, but I'm like, leave Wong alone. She's all up in his personal space and everything. I'm like, but I think it's funny, like, to see but him. Wong loved her. That was the funniest part is Wong loved, like, Wong's, like, best friends with her. They want to go out for Froyo. It was funny. That's that's true. Like, I don't know if Wong's so sort of supreme. I'm like, you just you're just living your best life at this point. Did you so, get a ticket for texting? Just say <laughs> you were texting 911. They can't charge you that way. Yeah, see, Ryan likes her, and Ryan's just trying to be cool like the other two of you guys. Mm -hmm. Uh no, I was no, saying like, nothing about I was saying nothing about Engad. I was simply saying she likes alcohol and she can hold her own. She made a deal with a demon named Jake. She oh, can pretty much do whatever she wants to. Alex, who is the demon named Jake? Um, this is a perfect time to say at this point in time, it is a demon named Jake. We do not need to be turning. This is the, that is one of the reasons these shows sometimes this, like this episode. I specifically sent this to you for this exact reaction. Perfect. Didn't even didn't even cross my mind for half a second. I was like, oh, cool. Maybe we'll get to see a demon at some point. And then all of a sudden, Twitter is ablaze with, oh, this is Mephisto. Mephisto confirmed. It's like. 
do you, how do people not learn their lessons? And I, I get that riling me up is going to get the views up too, but come on. I will say that is what that worked the best for me with her was when she showed up at Wong's place and she was like, where are all the goblins? Are you the <laughs> goblin king? That, that had me cracking up on my second view. But yeah, I was just like, again, it's like, again, it's such a, it's a double-edged sword, man. It's like, we love having these random characters that just show up in the show. They're hit or miss, but for the most part, they're hit. But and then Twitter just eats them up until they're a miss. Well, and it's like, can we not just appreciate? Like, lit I hadn't even watched the episode, and Twitter was already alight with we need a Wong and Madison TV show. It's like, no, we don't. We absolutely do not. We do not need extra content for these small characters because it's going to get you your likes on your tweet. Come on. Well, I, Maya wasn't expecting a Madison poster because Maya didn't watch Book of Boba Fett where everybody and their mother. Got <laughs> yeah, right. Maya, the water <laughs> dealer. <laughs> uh, Alex, she made an interesting point there that like uh, everyone keeps feeding into it and Twitter's going crazy. I mean, isn't that what this show is? They literally said about uh, what about Twitter, Twitter ammo and they they took the MCU comments like Marvel. This is Marvel saying we read your your stuff. And we know what you want. So now we're just going to tease the heck out of you by making you think every single thing and every single show is well, Mephisto. Did you also notice in the drawing in the credits that the goat, the demon goat had the nickname? He had a name tag like, hello, my name I did is see that, yeah. right on it. Like they know exactly what they're doing. It's yeah. like it's like we are supposed to believe these people don't read the comic books that kind of do everything that this show is supposed to do. So it's hilarious. They knew like going all the way back to WandaVision, they knew that people were going to think it was Reed Richards showing up like all that kind of stuff. They know exactly what they're doing and what's going to get people talking. Yeah, I'm I don't know. My I mean, it's, it's our fault at the end of the day. It's our fault because yeah. you you imagine being like someone who isn't even born yet. That's going to watch WandaVision for the first time and they're going to get an amazing experience from it. Whereas we are sucked into the current culture of being on social media like the day of it coming out. And so all of this, it's almost like we're the ones that get punished for it. When the, the casual viewer who loves these shows doesn't know about any of that stuff. Cause they're not in those spheres. And it's like, sometimes I wish I was like them. Speak for yourself, man. WandaVision was the best viewing experience I've ever had. Maya, you didn't like Madison, but you did like David Otunga when he showed up on the screen. Oh gosh. So you know, what's crazy. <laughs> I had no idea he was a wrestler. I only know him from I Love New York, that old reality TV show, <laughs> the Flavor Flav spinoff. I, I think okay. well, that's how and, you knew him. And well, he—that's Jennifer Hudson's ex-husband. So that's how I know. It's just those two different things. So I'm like, cringe. Why is he on the show? But I thought it was so funny that he was talking about lifting and things because I supposed to be like really superficial. I can lift 600 pounds. I'm not even a superhero. Yeah. <laughs> So that was funny seeing him. That whole dating scene, like, it was so, it's triggering. As someone who's single going through, like, also, like, dates using, like, dating apps, I'm like, this is, like, a perfect way to summarize how cringe guys can be. Well, Jen's date, Jen's date with that loser in the bar, too, it walks away, he goes, ah, she's a six or whatever. Like, that dude was awful did like, you notice and i don't know if this is like real or not but the second time i watched remember there um uh donnie blaze is like oh he heard the notification for that matcher or whatever the dating app was right. 
they had that same ding sound when he was on his phone. So he was also on the dating like mm -hmm. app while he's on the date with her. I was hoping they were going to get matched up, but um, yeah. So, I mean, the, the She-Hulk uh, kind of just giving up as well, but still going on a date as She-Hulk was, was pretty funny. And then she meets the cliche uh, doctor that spends the night. Um, but nothing, nothing really stood out at the end of this episode. I would, before we wrap up, I'd Alex just kind of turn the floor over to you. Anything else that stood out in the rest of this episode before we move on? Yeah, the uh, I'm trying to think. You know, the the a second viewing again. The fight I thought was pretty cool. I'm glad we got to see She-Hulk show up and kind of kick a little bit of butt, even though she was just fighting tiny little bats. Like I'll take it that we got something cool. And like Wong Wong turning the portal on the ground into that whip and then using that to grab that them. Cool. And I didn't catch it the first time, but when uh, and then Donnie and his uh, assistant were just like whoa amazing like they, they it was a magic show for them and so that all worked for me really well i thought that was great but again from like just what we've been trained for i'm like nothing happened in this episode and so again watching it a second time i appreciated it so much more but it does not move the story forward at all i'm sure i will eat those words too in a couple of episodes when there's some oh this person you know was coming back but even even so it was still just like man i don't know but yeah it was funny i liked it she got served for copyright infringement. What do you mean nothing? Oh, happened? that's right. Yeah. Okay. That's going to be. Even though there's no way a trademark will be processed within even a few weeks. Well, that's what I was going to say is like this show, right? this this is, show does the thing. things are crazy. <laughs> this show does the thing that all law shows do where things get to court very quickly. Because yes. that does not happen because I'm still waiting for sports gambling to be legal in Florida. And they say it's not going to get to court till 2024. Brian. Anything else at the rest of this episode that stood out to you? Um, in that same fight, Alex was talking about where Juan takes the portal and turns it into a, a like a whip. Um, Jen is launching the goblins, like pulling them back like a slingshot, and she's a little bit inaccurate. And Wong just moves the portal over like a, like a baseball <laughs> catcher. That was pretty cool. Um, and yeah. Um, when the when the guy came to serve her the copyright infringer papers and she's like special delivery for jen walters and she's like yeah i know a, a, a server when i see one and he's like <laughs> he's trying to explain to her what was wrong and he's like oh is that right your your, your honor like, oh yeah that's right. <laughs> is that so your honor <laughs> that was good maya anything else um i'm i'm very curious like with the whole dating scene if they're at the end of the show, is she going to have a love interest or not? Because at first, I didn't think that the, it was going to be as much of a focus. I mean, it was in the trailer and things, but I'm really curious about moving forward. Um, and I really love just like the fight scene in general um, with the whole like flying demons. I thought it was really cool. And the CGI is better. I didn't say this before, but I feel like the CGI is really, really bad with She-Hulk. Um, so I, I really like that scene and like get, get to see her muscles more. Um, but overall, I, I, like I said, my expectations are like a non MCU show, like just a show that I just enjoy and I'm really liking it. Um, but it was, the episode was good. We got another one coming on Thursday, episode five. Uh, again, we still know that Matt Murdock is coming in some form, um, at least, well, Daredevil, at least. You would assume Matt Murdock in the courtroom, but we don't know that for sure, I suppose. Um, but there's a couple other things coming. 
Uh, last thing I wanted to touch on was Jen's got to find somebody who can like her for both She-Hulk and Jen Walters because the doctor couldn't do it for whatever reason. Like um, his type was tall and green. Like what? What's the dating pool looking like for that preference? Like that killed yeah. me. One. Don't kick shit. <laughs> right. All right, guys. Well, that'll finish it up. Alex, we talked about comics and cinema tomorrow night. Anything else you have to plug? Um, and as soon as SoundCloud gets their stuff together, guys, there is a very special Saw franchise episode where uh, I'm not proud to admit it, but Jigsaw did capture me and take me alive uh, during the recording. So if you guys want to see me acting like a fool, check that one out when it comes to I think it's just missing from Apple and Google. So if you've got it, it anywhere else, it should be. There. It is on Spotify. I did not know that Jigsaw captured you. I had it queued up for tomorrow morning. It oh, might, you're going to enjoy it, Brian. Yeah, it might be tonight now. Ryan, Agents of Field. Yep, we got an episode we're recording this Wednesday. Topic is TBD. Um, may have some changes to the schedule. But yeah, episode this week. We'll do an episode next Tuesday. So we'll come out a day early. And uh, yeah, follow us on social at Agents of Field Podcast, at Podcast AOF on Twitter. We did an NFL preview last week. That was a lot of fun. Yes, it was. We had a great time. Go tune into that on your podcast platform. Maya, Nerdy Girls After Dark, trying to get used to you being in a new time zone. Anything else to report there? Yeah, so we will have an episode, I think, <laughs> on Thursday. Um, I think we're going to settle on, um, well, not settle, it's a great topic, but there's a lot being thrown out. But I think the topic we're actually going to commit to is like, uh, like great female duos in pop culture. So think Tia Tamira, think Leslie Brazilian and Ann You know, Who's exactly. Tia <laughs> <laughs> and Tamara Maori is, is the winner. You can throw Taj in there for me too. I love that. <laughs> so, well, that's going to be fun. Um, so yeah, tune in Thursday. Actually, no, the duo of the century is Maya and Micah. I don't know what we're talking about. I didn't say it. You did. <laughs> Maya and Micah, my fashion. It's it's my dot fashion. Is that correct, Maya? Yes. For the website. Perfect. Earth's Mightiest Weirdos. We will be off next Monday again. Um, just uh, I got to go to back to a school conference and uh, She-Hulk, um, to its credit, isn't giving us a ton to be able to fill up a full episode. So I don't feel that bad about skipping another week. So we'll be off next Monday. Then Ryan and I will be getting together with many others of the Nerd Life Network family down in Florida. Um, and then Babu's freaking podcast will make its return when Andor comes out and a bunch of other stuff going on. But until next time, I mean, we could go into the upside down the way that that Wong one turned out, but we'll just go with For the Children. Earth's Mightiest Weirdos is brought to you by Pinch of Pixie Dust Travel. People who love travel understand that life isn't about the breaths you take, it's about the moments that take your breath away. That's why we help coordinate the most magical adventures for you and your family. Disney, Universal, Sandals, Norwegian, Carnival, and more, we are a full-service concierge travel agency that will help with every aspect of your journey. Let us take care of the details while you enjoy your family. Get a quote today by calling us at 570-832-7798 or fill out a trip request form at pinchapixiedusttravel.com. Just follow the second start of the right straight on to your adventure. That's pinchapixiedusttravel.com where you're making memories one trip at a time. <laughs>